Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone. Episode 251 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's running around fighting zombies with me tonight? I got nothing. This is Joe Butler, and it was dirty work, but this game is clean now. Nathan McClellan. That's my best Resident Evil announcer voice. That was good. Hey everybody, this is Kenneth Sanity, and let's just say I'm just a ghost to haunt your dear podcast. <laughs> and this is Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com. I just had a bit of a minor disruption, to, so my steez is thrown off, so I don't have anything <laughs> clever. <sighs> Actually, well, hey, to be fair, I, I, this, I don't know what I was going to say, to be honest. We're just... So we're here to talk about... I was going to do an Alfred impression, but oh. I uh, my Steve's got thrown off a little. Why don't you do a Steve impression? Because you are... Isn't Steve Canadian, the actor? What do you think? We all just sound the same, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> when you say sorry, yeah. Want, want me to dance for you? Want you to say, how How you getting on, boy? Just Blair from Newfoundland? What are you? Uh, how come you're not saying A after every sentence? Because this is not how we talks here, boy. This is how we talks here in Newfoundland. Jeez. Don't you know nothing? Eh? Oh, I can do the... I've done the Minnesota accent before from Fargo where they really, like, just lengthen it. Uh, in the movie Fargo, which is not... Uh, which I find hilarious. But I know I can't think of it and my brain's not cooperating. Except when my when we did go to... Tra- when I traveled with my wife and all of a sudden they're like, where are you from? She's like, I'm from Minnesota! Or Minnesota! And I'm like... And she's like, what the hell did I just do? That was funny, though. All right. We are here to talk about Resident Evil Code Veronica X that came out in, was it 2001? Because I pulled up the wrong one. Uh, yes, as I have the EGM with Final Fantasy X on it dated September 2001, which has the review where it got three nines. <laughs> so I have the item to pull the Code Veronica, not Code Veronica X. And I'm like, well, that's probably different. Yeah. But yeah, it oh. came out in 2001 for Dreamcast originally and PS2, published, developed by Capcom. So I had no desire to ever play this game for this podcast, but it was Blair's idea We're to, to have me finally do this. And and I think, Blair, because that knocks one more game off of a list of Resident Evil games I've never played. Same, Same here. I've never played this. Never beat this. Shocking to me. Me too, actually, for, for both of you. I'm not surprised that I never. I mean, I played it, but I never beat it because I got stuck because this game is hard. I never had a console growing up, so I think like the first console I bought for myself personally was a 360. And the first time I played this was when they HD remastered it with because I bought the Super Edition of RE6, and it came with this somehow. And okay. I I don't know how I bumblefucked across that beginning, but I somehow got to the banner snatch and it killed me and it scared the shit out of me. And I'm like, I think I'm done with this, and I'm gonna go play RE6 and then never touch this ever again. My experience was I played this. I bought this on PS2, probably 2009. I was playing through it to try and impress my girlfriend at the time. No, this one 2009. This was in like 08, 07. And I ended up getting to, I ended up running out of ammo because I fought too many things. Like you're not supposed to. And I think I ran around too much in the circles and shit respawns and I fought stuff. And it, I got to the Bandersnatches. I don't remember if I got to the palace. I think I got farther than I re- remembered because I remembered the submarine, the airport, a lot of that crap. I remembered that. <laughs> so I think I got to when you go to like 
you go off some old some stairs that are all ruined. You fight two bander snatches, and that's when I was just out of ammo, and then I was just done. The first time I played this game, and then I uh, never went back. You probably came across the submarine in the airport because I remember there's a lot of backtracking in this game. Yes, there is. So like you so can just much. stumble into areas, and then you're like, oh, I need three emblems, so now I'm gonna go back <laughs> and find those. Oh, uh, this was my first Resident Evil game. Uh, my friend, wow. yeah, my friend in Florida let me borrow this and Silent Hill Four, and which are two of my favorite survival horror games. <laughs> so, uh, and then I didn't end up beating it until I was in high school when I bought it for myself. You, you, you said the magic words. Ken already thinks you're probably the best person ever. <laughs> Ken, are you a Silent Hill Four fan? I am a huge. <laughs> Silent oh my Hill god. 4 fan. Walter Everyone is, is like my favorite. I love that game so much. It's so good. Yeah. Everyone is like, oh, it's not, you know, classic Silent Hills. Shut up. It's great. <laughs> Fuck off. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was a good game. Oh, love it. And Blair, what is your history with this game? I was close to launch. Well, not close to launch a few months out. So this game kind of hit at the perfect time for me because as I probably said in this show, because I know we've done an episode of Resident Evil 2, that game was my first Resident Evil, and I didn't play it on PlayStation. I played it on the N64, which came out in late 99, and on the Dreamcast in North America, Code Veronica was March, April 2000. So pretty much like, okay, I'm seeing Game Pro Magazine with Claire Redfield on the cover and Chris... And this is the true follow up to two that continues on that story. I, I just wanted to play it so bad. And then I couldn't because I didn't have a Dreamcast, even though I wanted one. And then later that year in the fall, there was a gas station around where I live. And I found out that they rented Dreamcast. It was 20 bucks a night. There was no VMU and they had Code Veronica. So every other weekend, I would rent out Dreamcast if I had the money and see how far I can get. And then one Halloween, Halloween that year, I printed off the game fact at my mom's office because I didn't have the Internet. And my plan was to try and finish it. And I got as far as the plane and then I died and then it sets you halfway back. And the next morning I got up and I made it to Chris's part. And then I never owned it until 2001. No, sorry, 2002 when I got a PS2. And this is one of the first games I got because it was down to $29 by that point. Okay. And Ken, what is your history with this game? I don't have one. Okay. I, had a dr- I had a Dreamcast when this game came out. And after playing Resident Evil 3, I was just turned off to the entire series for a while, which sounds weird, but I'm sure we'll, I'll be explaining why later. So this was a first time playthrough for me and I just went straight through in a day. Uh, and I did no walkthroughs. Oh, okay. I I wanted to play this truly blind and it took me a long time. (laughs) No, that's fair. Yeah. I, I can't, I could not. I saw first, I started playing as a game facts guide and then I was actually about to give up. Which never happens on this podcast, by the way. I was like, fuck it, I can't do this game. This is just too much. There was too much childhood trauma locked in with this game from remembering when I played it in 07 to remembering when I first heard about it. My friend was playing it, and he got to the plane and got stuck and had to restart his save. Like, this game just had a lot of fear for me. And the only reason why I even stuck with this game is I got to the palace, which is not very far, and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. 
Nate had sent me a YouTube video of a guy who played through this game and got an S rank and he's and sh- and talks to you and tells you exactly what to do. And I'm like, well, all right. And then I, I, so I watched the video and did exactly what the video did <laughs> almost. And that's how I finished this game. Well, that's right. I mean, it's, at least I, I experienced it and game. I did it. It is like even coming from the PlayStation Resident Evils, which I didn't play until after the fact, like those were easy. <laughs> like you uh-huh. always seem to have enough ammo you know, uh, I guess uh, I don't remember them responding. They don't. Uh, the zombies responding in this, but I mean, you know, like PS One, oh, they're they not do. Like in certain parts. Okay, they but yeah, res- on- a lot in the training grounds they respond. Oh, okay, but yeah, that wasn't happening on the PlayStation One. So like, you clear an area out, like you you may be short on ammo, but you're always going to find more. And then yeah, this this is a deceptively hard Resident Evil game. The one thing that I think is weird about these games which I guess kind of goes one way or another. One, walkthroughs always lie forever, which is always... Both walkthroughs I read were like, oh, use the explosive rounds on the snatches." And and from playing this, I've it's really easy to soft lock yourself. There's like yeah. three instances where I'm like, oh, I'm glad I was thinking about it. And I was like, man, I'm glad the guy told me to do this or I would actually be stuck and couldn't move forward. There's the plane. I mean, there, I think you can soft lock a Nasiratu also if you ended up just not having, if you just took everything with Claire. Yeah. There's there's a lot of ways I feel like to soft lock this game. Just, I mean, you maybe you still get through it, but you're going to be so weak because you just aren't going to have stuff. Mm-hmm. I use the the AR rifle for the worm, and one of the times, actually, one of the first times I got a rocket launcher saved for this. I accidentally left it in Claire's inventory, so I had to fight the worm as Chris with the pistol. <laughs> that would be annoying. I mean, one thing that has to be said about this game is this is this is technically the real Resident Evil 3, or what was supposed to be Resident Evil 3, if it wasn't for the whole PS4, uh, Sony being like, well, we have a contract that says we get three numbered games on the, of the series on the PS1, and that's why this was considered a spinoff which upsets me because this is more of a sequel than three is to continuing the story i watched like two other videos that say that's not true and i think it i think itchy tasty also confirms that that's not true either i just looked it up because i i just have it in front of me and it was i guess it was their desire for brand consistency to have everything numbered on a playstation because that's where the series started and this was just a co-development project with a company called Next Tech because they didn't have enough people to make Code Veronica in-house at Capcom at the time. Is that why oh. it also looks different? Well, it's also it's like a lot of the games of the times. This game has like three or four different art styles because you have like CG Claire in like the say the opening where you're running and you know she shoots the barrels, and then you have like another model for like in-game quote-unquote cutscenes and you have like another character model Claire. It was like something common around that area. Like in Final Fantasy VII, now you have like Battle Cloud and then Cinema Cloud. And it was probably just also just getting familiar with a Dreamcast because, you know, that was a new hardware at the time. You know, it was next generation until a couple of months later when the PlayStation 2 came out. Okay, yeah. I forgot it was that close. A dream that was that close. And this is full 3D, too, where the other ones were, like, pre-rendered. This is all 3D, like, Dino Crisis. <laughs> and it does a lot with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good-looking game. It's just... Oh, I should say what the plot of this game is, at least the base. Like, the whole... So this is a game that takes place after Resident Evil 2. Claire's still looking for Chris because she never found him. So I think, what, it's like three months later, she ends up going to Europe 
goes into an umbrella facility because that's a good idea. Gets arrested by Umbrella and thrown into a prison and at the same prison that she's at in this little island gets attacked by somebody you don't know who at first. And that's how the whole game starts out. And then the whole thing is you trying to escape. Okay. I mean, I had issues with this game pretty odd. Just, I mean, well, no, I should go back to what I was going to say. This game is very pretty. I, I like the way this game looked, especially for the time. But this game was hard to fucking see for me. But again, I wasn't playing this on a CRT TV. I was playing this on a laptop. So <laughs> emulated. But I had a hard time seeing. Did anyone else have that problem? Kind of. Uh, I played the HD version on Series X. And I mean, I know this game back to front and I was playing it. And I think it's because I really haven't played with my new TV settings that if I didn't know where items were, I wouldn't have been able to see them because that's an issue with this compared to, like, say, the 2D Resident Evil games or the the ones of the pre-render backdrops as the items tend to stick out. But then for lols, I went back and played the entire game on Dreamcast on a CRT TV, and it was brilliantly lit. Like I could see everything. Huh. I just had a I had a really hard time with this scene. I, I mean, I played this on PS4. I was streaming it on the uh, PlayStation Plus Ultimate mode, Ultimate whatever, whatever they call it, and. I didn't have any problems with it. I was playing on a 42-inch LED, or LCD, rather. And I could see where everything was just fine. That's good. I, I think the HD version did make that a little brighter from what I was reading. I wouldn't be surprised. It's, the- it's, it's darker, I found. Oh. Because the one that's on PS4 is the PS2 version. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not the yeah. It's not the HD version for some reason. Because that was on PlayStation 3 and it can't natively play it. Oh, <laughs> I forget how hard, how much messed up the PS3 is for like the, the guts of it. Yeah, it had some guts problems. <clears throat> yeah, really did. I, I like the fact that this game is Claire. Like, I like it that they bring back Claire, especially this is what when the last time you wait. Claire's in Revelations 2, right? Yes. Okay, yes. So this was the last time you played as Claire until then. Yes. So I still need to play Revelation 2 is what was actually going to be on the show instead of this. But then Blair suggested this and this happened. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, one thing I also like about this game, too, is Claire's a lot meatier in this. And I guess they made it because I guess people did complain <laughs> that she got her ass kicked in uh, RE2. That in this game, you can't you. There are points that I feel you have to take a hit. You just can't get through a room unless also, you're shooting everything. Also, one one thing that I think is weird, but it, it's the cool part they added where they added the dual wielding weapons. What is it? Uh, I usually just use those on zombies anyway, just because I don't really know when to use them. Plus, I take up two spots. It's a pain in the ass. I think you're supposed to use them on zombies anyway. The only I use the sub the SMGs on the hunters uh, until I accumulate like seventy shotgun shells. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's fair. I also didn't know they brought hunters back in this game, along with fucking poisonous hunters. Yep, <sighs> and the hunters are chumps in this, like. They're they terrify me in like Resident Evil one because their patterns are so unpredictable, but you can basically stun lock them with the SMGs like they just take the shots, fall down, get up and then they die. I, I want to say you can use the, do the same with explosive arrows, too. It's like you can shoot them and they'll fall down. And then when they get up, you just shoot them again and they just won't come near you. That also reminds me, I did not have time for this game. So when I was in Claire and I got through like the first, I did the opening to make sure the game ran. So the last thing I needed to do was start this like a week before and the game's like, oh, nope, I should add on you. So I played the opening and got to like a save point, which 
even in the beginning of this, there's not a lot of save no. rooms, which is mm-hmm. fucking terrifying. That's probably there's why also I put pl- not a lot of boxes either. Yeah. Well, later in the game there is, but not the beginning. No. I did the infinite ammo cheat and I used the uh, explosive rounds. So <laughs> I had I had I had the bow gun with the explosive rounds and the two hundred. What, what I used for the ammo was the two hundred bow gun ammo that you find, and I just used that and I basically just blasted through everything until I beat the game's clear. You did it right. I regretted not taking that because the way the, there's a glitch in this game, you can duplicate ammo or herbs where you have like the, the playing manual <laughs> that you can read. You're, what people do, they throw it in the box until they're ready. And then when they you can do a glitch with it where it changes the values of things and you get yourself lots of explosive because the bow gun is fucking useless, by the way. The regular ammo, fucking useless. Mm-hmm. It says uh, it says to use that on banner snatches, too, but it's also really hard to tell when you're hitting things with it. Yeah, she doesn't lock on. I I put I swear I put like twenty arrows into a zombie, and he was like, "That's nice." Yeah, the lock on in this it's my easily my least favorite part because I feel even when you pull like the trigger, it never snaps to the thing that you want it to. And like in Resident Evil Three, there was a command that would target items like explosive barrels, and this doesn't have this unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, I think it's just whatever is closest to you that is targetable. Like, she'll just aim at that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can switch targets either, unless I'm wrong. You can on the PlayStation 2 version. Oh. You have to press uh, L1 and R1 at the same time, mm. which is okay. clumsy and annoying. Yes, That's probably why I never found it. I just, I would aim and then manually move, like, to where I wanted to, if it was the wrong enemy. Uh, okay. Slow. So I have them. I have my Dreamcast version, which is right next to the computer, and the L trigger changes targets when R trigger is held. So I guess yeah, it's just you hit the other trigger button. Hate it. That does not. Yeah. I never switched targets. It was it, whatever target locked on. It that was getting killed. I know there's a button. I want to say it's L1 or the top shoulder button. Whenever you're dual wielding, you can hit that button and either aim at multiple zombies or two zombies or aim at one single zombie. Mm-hmm. I. I also didn't shoot a lot of zombies in this game because the guide I was using, he would avoid most of them. Well, he was also going for under three hours, which I do not give a shit about my rank. I just wanted the game. To, I just wanted to see credits. So I I tried to avoid a lot of zombies in this game, too. So I didn't fight as much. And like what am I? I know I, I mentioned like a lot of respawning zombies when I was first playing this game. I, I I think I was wrong. I mean, they still do respawn. Like, there's lots of parts in this game where as you trigger story events, it will just refill a place with zombies again. I felt like in the training grounds, I know the cemetery, they're endless. And I think in the barracks and some of those places, they do respawn off and on. But it could have just been younger Mike was just terrified. And, and when he saw zombies come back again, he was very upset. I'm not no, sure. no, you're right. It's it's the graveyard. They respawn in the area. You meet Steven. They respawn. OK, that's not that terrible. But if you don't know that and you're thinking you're playing a different type of game and you start gunning things down, you can run out of ammo pretty quick. Because mm. I remember I did. Like in this in this version, I I was trying to save all my ammo as much as I could. I never even used up the submachine gun that you get. I say I ended up having fifty percent of it. I just saved and it just sat in my inbox. And the thing about it too is like when you're just when you're figuring it out and you're just exploring, you're going to do like a lot of backtracking. But once you kind of understand where things are, so like the like when you get out of the prison area and you have that. I don't know, I guess it's a lab or possibly a guardhouse. The multi-level area where you have to, like, get the painting to put in your pocket, which is one of the most <laughs> my favorite thing about this game. It's like, I'm just going to haul off a painting. Is that how you need to solve a puzzle? 
you don't need you can backtrack there once you get the lock pick to get some ammo and i believe some acid rounds but you can do all of that in basically one loop like you don't need to come back to that area once you get in there you can do everything that you need to do also weirdly enough you ever you talked about it in the chat you guys talked about how like a the magnum side quest is a pain in the ass i didn't have any issues with it there was one part of the game where i think you have to go back to get something if and I, if <laughs> if Claire gets infected with the poison, then you need to go to an area. Well, you need to get into the room. That's where you get the key to get Edward's earring for the last part. It's not a pain in the ass. It's just you don't if you and this is just, I guess, how I play as I figured out just by studying it that you actually don't need the Magnum. No, you, you really don't. Oh, mm-hmm. then. No, to to be fair, having the magnum is like the funniest thing ever. Because this is quite I I purposely avoiding going through in the deep into the story because I want to save that part for last because of how goofy it is. Okay. Uh, I started off the final boss and it was Alexia grabbing towards Claire. I shot one magnum round and the cutscene activated of her just going and her turning into a big bug and I'm like, oh, this thing's cool. Oh, that cutscene activates no matter what in one shot. By the way. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Damn. Yes. I just use like a shotgun shell <laughs> or hand. Yeah, you can use anything. Yeah. One shot and just it just jumps. Oh, does, does she like what is it? Does she kill Claire if you don't like shoot her? I'm assuming. I yes. think so. Yeah. If you don't do it in time. Yeah. You have to do it fast. Also, that that final boss fight fucking sucks. Yes, it does. Not if you have explosive rounds. I use that. I mean, it went All quick I, for, for me, yeah. but it's so annoying. <laughs> I just stand there and plug it in about 13. I count the 13 and then it triggers into the final form. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what the speed run did. That's what the, the guy told me to do. The speed run trick is you run up right in front of her face with a grenade launcher and shoot like, I think five or six rounds. And if it, if everything hits, it kill, it, it'll, it'll kill her. Yeah, no, it's, I didn't have a hard time with it, but then again, I, I save, I didn't use explosive rounds for most of this game. I just saved them. I mean, I use them for the tyrant, I think, or when the game told when the guy told me to. I literally did exactly what the guide said for majority of this game. I, I don't know if I could have beat it otherwise. I mean, one thing that I know that makes this game challenging with the a lot of the backtracking we were talking about is that you have access to a lot of areas at once. Like you have you get the training ground, then you get the palace, then you get these other areas. And it's like you don't really know where you're supposed to go exactly where like Resident Evil one or two are much more like you want you. You get a key item. Okay, there's doors over here that I that I couldn't go before, and it kind of you know it will kind of lead you like you can figure it out more. Where this was very confusing, I felt. <laughs> I would, don't think I would have. I don't think I would have been able to do this blind. Yeah, I mean, it's more open ended than those original, but I don't think you can really like close yourself off no. from progressing. Like you go too far, and then you're missing a key item. No, I mean, there's yeah. ways you know, like the tyrant fight on the plane. If you only have one save. You know, because you're living in the past, <laughs> that that could really fuck you over. But uh huh, key That's... items like you know they won't let you progress without no, those. It's just I feel like it could be very confusing. Is while I would have taken it like just because you have I have access to too many places and I wouldn't and I would just be unsure. That's how I felt. Yeah, it also I, I mean it, there's a lot of running around in this game. It felt like too. There is very much a lot of running around. I had that walkthrough. Also, thank you. Nate for also posting that walkthrough because without it I would have been lost at least three fucking times. I think it's like one because uh, the both walkthroughs I use are always like, oh yeah, just go back to this room you were in, and it's like, what room? Walk me, please walk me back to the room because I have no idea where the fuck I'm supposed to go. So yep. yeah, yeah, that helped a lot. 
I, I really hate it when they're like, yeah, just go through it. Yeah, just go back to the room where you got this item. I don't know what the fuck that room was. Yeah, go go back to the main lobby of the main building. It's like, how, there are like seven main buildings. What the fuck are you talking about? If you see um, an enemy, dodge. The worst <laughs> the worst walkthrough I've ever read was for uh, Harry Potter 1 on the PlayStation. And I got stuck at the chess part. So I printed off the full walkthrough from GameFAQs. And then I like, you know... Closed the internet, ran downstairs excitedly, and I, I flipped to the chess page, and it was like, beat the chess match. I was like, fuck, I can't. That's why I came to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <sighs> How to beat chess match, be good at chess. That was pretty much it. I was like, no, I want to. I need help. <laughs> I mean, it's still a computer, and I'm sure it was, you know, it wasn't like you're playing a chess game, so I'm sure it was designed to, you know, fall for certain traps. No. Yeah, you, you, but I'm ten. Well, no, I mean not you. I mean the guy could have put that in there. Like the guy could have been like, <laughs> "Hey, you want to you want to try to do this, as, you know, or something." But that's no, why you, we beat the chess match. You you want to talk about a bad walkthrough? I I think I put it in the group chat. If anyone didn't see it, I was playing this, and I was I was the only reason why I picked it was because it was a weird like, oh, it's an actually in a website and it could give your computer a virus. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's all you know, got custom you know, little wordings and stuff. And it's the part where you have to get the crank. You have to change the crank for one of the one of the things. And it's like, hey, you want to make this easier? Uh, instead of having to backtrack all the way, just go up to the machine and it'll change the crank. And I walked up to it and went, here you go. And it goes, oh, man, if only I knew what shape to tra- change the crank to. And I'm like, <laughs> the guy didn't tell me to go look at that first. So I just I reloaded my save several times in this fucking game because of stuff like that get that, that and the, pissed me off too yeah the the main one i did it for which i guess i couldn't duplicate again and i just got good after playing for like five or six hours straight is i beat the nose for all to fight in like three fucking shots and then when i replayed it i just could not get it oh the sniper rifle yeah it's hard i i had to reload the save state like 10 times to get a good shot on him to take him out with the sniper rifle in three to four shots did y'all only have seven did y'all know y'all could fucking zoom? I didn't fucking know that. I read the internet thing. Yeah, I think I knew, but I'm the two times I played that hard points in this, I think that is the hardest one for me. Like, I can never reliably, and I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, I get him in a few shots. Is I think I try to get it over with fast because I'm trying not to get poisoned because that adds to time because you kind of have to do one extra thing. So I think I like it's just basically aiming. All of a sudden you just you were like basically aiming yeah. and you were just gone. No, Sferatu oh. got him. He said you won't know the secret. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you're, you're just trying to aim for the big bulbous thing in his chest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep trying, I think, to rapidly do it. But I think you basically have to like shoot him and then wait a second. But it's just really annoying trying to see through the the fog and the poison. So I think in trying to do it fast, I think you're worse off. Yes, I can see that. Plus, I mean, it doesn't help that he's also like very, very quick at it, too. And his arm, it, it can sweep you and knock you off. And that has like a big wide range. That killed me several times, actually. <laughs> that killed me once. Yeah, I, I had some bad runs the last time I played this. Or the last two times I can normally reliably at least finish it. If I run out of shots, I always have like some ex- extra acid rounds or even my handgun. If it comes to that, it normally doesn't. But the last two times, I don't know what it was like. I just 
like that. Like my stats and retries were like nine. I think on the X version. I think I did it one in the Dreamcast version. It's just it's a I can see it. it's a hard fight. Like I can I I had to do it a couple times. Like the first time I went into it because the guy that I was watching he does it with a fucking he does it with a handgun. He saves up over three hundred handgun ammo and then puts like two hundred and twenty shots in the Nazaratu with the handgun. God damn. That sounds excessive. Why? Yeah, that's how much it takes to kill him because he's <laughs> yeah. like, I can't do the sniper rifle part. So he's like, I found this to be the easier route for me. So he really runs from corner to corner, shoots him a whole bunch, runs to another corner, shoots him a whole bunch, and runs and just keeps doing that until he dies. See, okay, so the theme basically unreliable narrators. <laughs> I just, I mean, like, when, when the, the game, when I saw the knife, <laughs> God, I can't even imagine doing that. But when I saw the fact that there's the freaking sniper rifle drop down from from Alfred right after the scene, I'm like, well, that's obviously the correct way to do this or they wouldn't have this here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, well, because you you drop the wheel and the mask. So you automatically open up two spots. <laughs> yes. So, like, I knew that's what it was supposed to do, so that's what I did. I went right for that mask, or not mask, <laughs> I went right for the sniper rifle, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to do this with a sniper rifle because that makes the most sense. Also, you don't get to keep the sniper rifle. No, you lose it immediately afterwards. Yeah. Did anyone, like, do that boss fight and not check to make sure they weren't poisoned and had to go and get the fucking antidote as Chris? Uh, uh, I, I, I normally I do. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's a minor inconvenience, like essentially you find because you can either I mean, jumping way to the end, you can either go and get Edwards Pierce uh, right after you um, get Alfred's item or you or you just have to go find poison and then you have to go back to that section anyways. So it's only one extra little thing that you have to do. And then when you come back as Claire, she's on dangerous. You just have to fully heal her. So if your health is your healing items are low, that can be a pain in the butt. But I mean, I can finish this without using first aid spray. So I have more than enough healing items is basically you heal her up and then you just need two for Steve. Yeah, that uh, I was glad the guy told me to bring healing items in for that room because I wouldn't have otherwise. So. <laughs> well, since we, since we might since we've been poking around, let's go ahead and just like dig into the fucking weird story because uh, I was watching like recaps of this while I was like <laughs> preparing preparing food so I could remember because I completely forgot the beginning and I do agree that this is where the games actually go off the hand like cocoa banana shoes, but I'm com- <laughs> I'm completely fine with that. I'm not fine with a lot of decisions they made in this story. <laughs> yeah. Like it's essentially psycho without taste. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you and literally go to the psycho house. It's framed the same way as Norman Bates house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it? It is. I did not oh, guess yeah. that, but now that you mentioned <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Wait, wow. whose house? It's like the movie's. I think he's talking about the mansion that you see, like you you see the house on top of the hill. That that's kind of framed, like yeah. And the cycle. interior looks very similar as well. I mean, it's two thousand one. It's Japan, so it's a little yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's some like when this if this game got remade, you would need to adjust some things with Alfred and and stuff. Look, ob- obligatory. It was a different time. Yeah. I mean, I don't like saying that as an excuse, but like I I just. In some cases, like, yeah. And, and Japan is, isn't Japan different about transgender, especially at this time? Yes. So, like, that, that's why I bring it up. Because I, I don't defend it. I don't agree no. with it. Well, well is, it, is it transgender or is it schizophrenia? It, it, 
it's yes. schizophrenia. It's yeah, it's yeah, written schizophrenia. as schizophrenia, but then Claire has some Claire yeah. calls him some you know yeah. problematic names for two thousand one. Yeah. <laughs> That that's really the the main reason why I've never really found an issue with it because it's not so much as a transgender thing. It's a dude who's really in love with his sister and goes through a mental snap because she decides to infect herself and then lock herself in a tube for fifteen years. And you can go, oh, he must really love his sister. And then as Claire, you watch the video and you go, oh, he really loved his sister. Yeah, I mean, they're also clones of each other. Yeah. essentially so i mean there is that too they're not like their normal babies they're freaking clones from their father yeah, then, didn't they okay. kill their dad or yeah, like i didn't fucking know they, that well, transformed their, their, dad their dad is their dad is nosferatu yeah yes. but they like infected him yes to turn him into nosferatu because they didn't want to be like experimented on they found out they were clones and they weren't very happy well okay. essentially <laughs> essentially they are clones or they the project was to make a genius child who was a clone of veronica who was like kind of the person who started the ashford family and this is the one of the the ashwards are one of the co-founders of umbrella as stated by alfred and one of the byproducts is that they accidentally created a twin like alfred wasn't meant to be created and alexia was a genius who I believe was already serving research for Umbrella at 10, and Alfred was mm-hmm. kind of, I believe they mentioned files that he's of heightened intelligence, but he's not genius, and he's just kind of there. Yeah. And again, it's one of the stupid, and I always like kind of make fun of Umbrella and their dumb products, where they invent this new variant of the T-virus called T-Veronica, and they, they experiment with on her father, and they find out, oh, in order for this to work... You basically have to shoot yourself up and then freeze yourself for 10 years so it can slowly work so you won't turn into a gaseous monster. <laughs> uh, oh, man. The owner of the Umbrella facility is a woman and they use her grandkids for things. Oh, boy. I hope that never comes up in any form of Resident Evil media ever again. <laughs> no one tell Mike. No. Okay, that didn't make any sense to me, by the way. So. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I when I was playing through this, yeah, I was thinking about the stuff with Alfred, like where because the whole idea is that he he ends up cross dressing, and and I remember that being a thing. Even I just I don't like how like yeah, because she insults him for that. It's like, no, the guy is. I mean, Resident Evil's never been good for showing mental illness. I feel either, or most games aren't really, especially at this time. No, but, no, they're not. I mean, Alfred's fine to want to hate him. He's a rich guy that, you know, has zombies like you You already have enough reason to hate him. You know, no, I mean, he's like, trying to always, kill always fuck the one percent. Always. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel bad for him. Yeah, that's the contrast that they're going for, because it's hard to you know, like analyze something from this time where not only is it of this time, but they're also still trying to figure out how to do storytelling in games, how to do writing, because you have like the Redfield siblings who are normal. They kind of grew up together as a loving brother and sister. And then Alexia and Alfred are also you know, love each other like a little bit too much, like Mike said. <laughs> but then Alfred's basically treated like crap. And then he, he loves his sister, but then she goes away for 10 years and his life 
is kind of destroyed. Like he's already seen as trash from his father. And then the one shining beacon of his life is gone. So basically he snaps mentally and tries to fill in that loss the only way he can, which is by literally becoming Alexia. Oh, I, th- I thought we were going to make the joke where, where, uh, Chris or Chris and Claire are siblings, but Chris is like maybe like five years older than Claire. But he has like Air Force training and Army training and Ranger training. And well, that's like a, a, a Japan thing. Like a Japan <laughs> thing. So like, okay, you're 13. Time to go pilot a Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But spe- speaking of also weird stuff too, I think it's really funny because there, there, there's obviously one of the things you get from this game, which is always. A lot of it's also in the files, so if you just watch the cutscenes, you're not really going to understand a lot. They there's a lot of mentions where it's like, oh, we all knew uh, Alexia, 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 yeah, Alexia was going to go in a tube, so we trained Alfred to be a soldier. The first scene you meet him, he cannot get a single fucking shot off in the entire fucking like whole cutscene, and he's throwing a fit, and it's like, yeah, good job, guys, you really trained someone who could defend this woman from an attack. Look, you can train soldiers. That doesn't mean they're going to be good soldiers. Oh, that's fair, too. Like, I can train a dog, but I can't train a dog to shoot a gun. At least not that I've really tried. Yeah, Yeah, we've been working on it. (laughs) I do not want to see an America that has dogs that can fire guns. There are people in America that do. Dogs that shoot bees out of their mouth. We got the, uh, the... the Boston Dynamic dogs. Oh my god, don't bring that nightmare up. That's too scary. <laughs> Look, if, if Metal Gear Revengeance proves we can make guns that shoot swords, then we can eventually make dogs that shoot bees out of their mouth. Or the dogs with the bees in their mouth, and when they bark, they shoot bees at you? <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead. Do your worst. He locked the door. <laughs> oh my god, I love a Simpsons reference. That's Look. why I didn't get anything you guys were talking about just now. <laughs> I hate the Simpsons. I, mm, I'm not a Simpsons guy, so I never watched it. Fair enough. I mean, um, one thing that I think is very cool about this game that it is split in two parts. You have like half. What do you really say? Half the game. You have a good chunk of the game, well, most of the game in the in the on the island. Then you go to Antarctica after midway through, and then after also with this game, you have part where Chris shows up and you play as Chris too. We've been talking about it off and on, but I like how it does split that up. I thought that was good. It's. I think. Because I remember reading a review for this in GamePro. I wish I still had that book. And I think they gave it a good review, but it was a little bit unfavorable. And I can kind of see, as I know, they brought up on the Electric Playground review where it's... So Resident Evil 3 came out before this, even though I think Code Veronica may have started development first. And it actually loses some innovations. Yeah. Like in Resident Evil 3, you can walk upstairs, but in this, you have to push the button, (laughs) which I like because there's a point... um, in the first area that you go to where there's dogs and if you just run up the stairs they're like well i guess they're gone we can't run upstairs and uh yeah i kind of lost what i was <laughs> no i mean you are right i think i mean it does have the quick turn but like i didn't even realize the quick turn was a thing like there's just little parts where you can kind of just feel like the game is missing something i um, love oh, standing in one place and rotating <laughs> If you ever saw real zombies, that's what you would do, right? Like, oh, I better not run. I'm going to turn. Do, 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 do. Okay, now. Well, like in past games, 
when you like stand in one place and rotate, the feet at least move. This one, no. There's no feet movement when you just stand still and rotate. You That's the power of the Dreamcast, baby. I guess. <laughs> 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 I mean, there. I think you can do the quick turn, but I couldn't. I never got it to work like I done in three. Yeah, like, you did a quick turn. I did it. Yeah, it's just. And I, I think I, I finally got back on track. Um, so we're Resident Evil Two. You have the Chris and Claire disc, or sorry, the Claire and Leon disc, so you can switch between the two. Because this is the first time when you think about the timeline. So Resident Evil One came out in 1996. You haven't seen Chris Redfield in a main game, not in like a bonus mode, in four years. So if you want to play as Chris, you kind of have to get through like three-fifths of the game. So it's one continuous story so that it doesn't kind of have like the replay value that say 2 had, where it's like, this is one yeah. side, this is the other. Although I do love when you eventually get to play as Chris, it's after, it's in the aftermath of the obligatory self-destruct sequence. <laughs> So you get to see the island from a different perspective and you get to access areas you couldn't before. So that's I, I really love when you eventually get to do get to Chris in this. Same. I like that, too. I, I thought it was funny when the things that the, the, the video I was watching is like, yeah, this is a terrible self-destruct system. And it blew up like the house. That was it. Yeah, uh, it, this is going to sound weird because I think me and Blair bitched about it in one of the other episodes. I miss ammo crafting. I like the ammo crafting in RE3. Uh, I will never champion crafting. I hate saying the word, and I hope it dies in a fire. <laughs> but so you Blair, said you like crafting. We'll put crafting you really in your car. We'll put, we'll put when you go in your car, you got to take your key and take your other key well, and combine them together. Well, there, there's a difference in like in games where it's like you have to craft and it kind of gives you things where, or like the one thing that I just really enjoy from three where it's like, well, we're going to give you a variety of options and just not give you ammo. So, and it's for a gun that technically you can use for a lot of different varieties. So it's like, you, you kind of have the idea of, Oh, well, you know, I think I'm just going to save up all my crafting materials and make ice rounds. Cause they're much better than Magnum rounds. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, this game wasn't the, friendliest on ammo yeah, no, that makes me want to throw up <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i felt this game didn't give you that many grenade rounds you don't you you well, okay you get more grenade rounds than everything else but you don't get that many acid rounds you get like i found like one or two boxes of flame rounds throughout the entire game which i found weird and you get one case of three bow rounds that the game does not explain in any shape or form it's for bow's what's there to explain yeah how it works you shoot it you only get gas. three yeah and there's only one point of it. Like, I don't know. It's just like normally you get like, because I mean, had I not been using the guide, I would have just saved them because it would have been me. But like, you need them essentially yeah. to get through that tyrant fast enough. Uh, well, I mean, I only found out about that strategy a few years ago. I think I was watching the Sphere Hunter stream this. And then she just said, if you use these here. And I was like, excuse me, because I was using, I can't even remember what I was using for that fight. Just probably whatever i had and I, I got through it but i struggled and then i figured out that once you do this it, it's like a lot of things it's experimentation and i think this game is not say a mike alberton game because it's <laughs> one you kind of play through a bunch and you learn kind of the best routes to get through everything like going back to resident evil 3 I never realized that freeze rounds are the best rounds in the entire game. That's what like, I'm I never, ever made freeze rounds. 
And it's not a point in the game where you find a file that says, hey, when the nemesis comes, make these. It's just by like back then it would be going on game facts or picking up, say, like the Prima strategy guide that tells you these are the best weapons for whatever situation. I uh, I learned freeze rounds from Playground Rules, which is basically you telling your friends, telling other friends weird shit that would fucking go on in games. <laughs> but no, Blair's 100 percent right. This was not a Mike Elberton game at all. Also, a lot of the areas kind of look the same. Even case in point, I think like two of the areas even are the same. Because <laughs> you go in that mansion that's like Alfred and Alexia's rooms like twice. And I'm like, how am I how am I here? Also, it's a real slap in the face when you walk in the fucking mansion where you walk in the mansion the first time as Chris. And you're like, it's, and it's weird. There's no cutscene for it, but it's the exact mansion from RE1. Although you have a fake replica in Antarctica that you go to. Yeah. yeah. That threw me for a loop. I was like, what? I never noticed that. <laughs> that was the point in the game that I threw the controller down and I had to take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> because that was where this game officially crossed the line. I just threw my hands up and I said, there's too much shit in this game. And I walked away for like 10 minutes. There's a, there's a lot of shit in this fucking game, honestly. <sighs> there is. There's too much. It's, it's a big it, game. I think and at too, the same like, time, it's not. It feels no, like a lot, especially for an RE. Three hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that. Mine was six, but apparently the timer doesn't stop when you pause this game. Or cutscenes. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah I had I had twelve. Yeah, I I thought I didn't realize. The time. I mean, I didn't care, but I was like, I was like six hours. I'm like, how the hell? But then I realized, oh yeah, I paused the game a lot because I would watch the video and get caught up with the video, and then sometimes other things would come up that I had to walk away from. So like. It kind of threw me for a loop a bit, but I was like, oh, well, I, wasn't I, going I did like eight hours, but I didn't have a walkthrough and there was a lot of backtracking oh, yeah. because I'm used to just picking everything up. I'm going to need it. I'll find an item box. I'm going to need it. I'll find an item. box. Uh-huh. I was full of items. I couldn't <laughs> grab essential things because I hadn't made it to the palace yet. So I couldn't get to the one damn item box that I needed. It was unfortunate. That was one of my issues with this game too not enough item boxes early in this game they're too far and there's like one of it feels like there's only like one for a good chunk of this game i know there's more than that but it feels like that the first one technically is the item box that you have to put the metallic items in (laughs) oh that doesn't count i mean it is an item box it just doesn't connect with any other item boxes and you don't you you really don't want to go in that room either well, that's where I store the fire extinguisher. Well, that's where I used to store the fire extinguisher when I used to get the Magnum. I I have another weird question. Did yes. whenever whenever y'all went to go do like because there's a lot of backtracking and you go back to that first area. Was that guillotine supposed to fall at some point? Because it never fell for me, and I feel like that happened the first time I played it, and yeah. it scared the shit out of me. It fell for me because it gives you a key that you don't need. Well, no, uh, it also falls when you put it in when you put the crest, yeah, the eagle thing in there. It didn't happen for either for me, though. Weird. That's what, weird. What, Mike, what was the key that you didn't need? The padlock key. You don't actually ask. You don't really need because I didn't use it till like way near the end because I forgot oh. about it. I mean, you just have to run around. And it's really annoying, but you don't technically have to use it. Oh, I always. Yeah, it's a great shortcut. Yeah, you I, mean, I did it back to that area a few times. <laughs> I went and did it at the end because I had to run around the whole thing. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm using this key on the way out just to use it to get rid of it. And then you just bypass the dogs, too. I Yeah. States were nice. There's one main question we're avoiding for this whole podcast, and I refuse to avoid it. What's up? How do y'all feel about Steve? 
I love Welcome. Steve. I love I'm Steve. I'm on team Steve, and I think one person who's supposed to be here would have been my backup, but she's not. So um, I'm your Steve's backup. Great. I like I like Steve. Like, yeah. Steve's a piece of shit. How? <laughs> okay, he you get the you, okay, he gets the gold guns that you need. He's like, You gotta give me something automatic. I'm not giving you these guns to let you get through this place and escape so we can survive. No, I'm keeping them. <laughs> Cause I'm a jerk. That's one Yes, he does sound like a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> And it's why I think this game needs to be remade more than, say, Resident Evil 4. It's because I think you explore, like, once you find out why he's mistrustful of people, because his he had a dad who is essentially was, I'm going to get rich by stealing from a company that makes weapons and makes people disappear. And you eventually, in the first, I guess, of many awkward scenes... Like he guns down his dad who's coming at Claire and then he kind of explains this. So in, in kind of ways like in Resident Evil 4 this year where they recontextualize things, Resident Evil 4 remake rather, I think they can do a better job with that character because he's immediately unlikable and maybe that's what they were going for. But as the game kind of goes on, you kind of are warm up to him. My, my warming up moment is him go breaking through the fucking window and doing like the coolest thing <laughs> and obliterating a bandersnatch but then that moment's also kind of ruined because it's like here's your gun steve and he waves them around like an asshole uh, i mean the part that got one of the things got like oh okay like go back to that part when he shoots his fire he's like father, father! And he just, i'm like <sighs> i mean i get it but i mean i did find it funny where he pretty much falls in love with claire because she's a hot girl i did like that I thought that was eight. hilarious. That was perfect there. teenager. Like, oh, you're hot. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they are teenagers. and I know. I didn't have a problem. I'm like, this is believable. I get it. I've been there. <laughs> they are not teenagers. Claire is older. I think Steve is 19 and Claire is like 22, 23, which is Yeah, but funny. Steve's younger. Yeah, which is funny because that's usually the other way around. And they're also in like this extreme circumstance, which, you know, for those of us have seen the excellent 90s thriller Speed. <laughs> 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 but i mean again trauma like i'm okay with that like you're in a trauma environment and then they end up you know like i'm fine like, i have no issue with him being like i love you claire like you know the fucking know that he's talking about probably you know like i'm okay with that Plus, Nate, where do you fall on this i think steve is cheesy and i think he's cool okay. the perfect man <laughs> i fucking hate him I hate him every time in this. I was like, Jumping ah. through windows like uh, Blair or Joe said, and then immediately being like, oh, cool, new guns. But no ammo. You cheated me. I, uh, when he I, turns into a monster, doesn't he like also go like Claire, like as a monster? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. See, OK, let's rewind to the beginning of the game. <laughs> the very beginning opening cinematic when you have action hero Claire Redfield running around, dropping a gun, grabbing it before it hits the floor, shooting an explosive tank, and then she's on an island and is damseled every chance the game gets, only to have this idiot child come in <laughs> and save her and be like, I love you, Claire. And we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, no, this makes sense. This is good. No, Claire had action. She was capable. And now she can't do anything because her foot, one foot, is trapped under a block while she's holding a ton of guns at this point. She dropped all her guns. 
Get the Apparently. fuck out. I know, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, why don't you just shoot the fucking zombie? I'm like, she's like, Steve, help! And I'm like, I'm like I got a handgun, I got a poking, I got I got a grenade launcher. Pick your pick your pick your weapon. Shoot the fucker. Like And that is one incident in a string of incidents that are all put here just to make Steve look good. Fuck Steve. I'm sorry, Chelsea. And that's something that I do love about this game is that it does actually take into effect like the cutscene. So when the when you get out of the first area when the zombies bust out of the graveyard and Claire grabs a handgun and fires off three rounds, the gun doesn't have fifteen rounds, it has twelve. <laughs> so it actually counts the three that five she fires at Steve to shoot up. That's cool. And then later on when uh, Chris counters Wesker for the first time, uh, his gun is on the ground and you have to pick it up or re-equip it, I believe. No, there's I don't know if it's that one, but I know there is a cutscene where basically it's knocked out of your hand. You have to re-equip it. It's so cool that we haven't talked about that, but this is the first time Wesker appeared in game one. I uh Wesker. Yeah, with his red eyes. <laughs> I I love how sunglasses. I love how they make his model to wear one like one of his sunglasses you can't see past, but on the other one you can. You can tell like his eyes all like evil. I, I like it. I, I'm glad that Wesker's back in here. And I was watching a, a video that kind of explained some of the stuff that they took out and then they added back for this game because, or not added back, but in Code Veronica X, they added more scenes with him where I know Blair had made a comedy. He's like, Wesker's a wuss in the regular version. Oh, he's and a saw chump. That. Like the, uh, well, the, <laughs> it's funny because the inciting events for the game isn't explained in the Dreamcast version. So Claire is in cell and you kind of hear bombs and dust is falling and then you reach uh meet rodrigo who's the first character you talk to and he says i don't know it might have been a special forces team or something uh and it isn't until x where wester implicitly says yeah that was me i bombed the island because that first encounter on disc one is not there like you don't feels necessary yeah and then you don't meet wester until chris even though he's in the attract mode, I believe, for the opening cutscene. He's also that, that in the regular version, that cutscene between Claire and Wesker doesn't happen, right? Yeah. But uh, here's a fun looped around. Uh, who has played RE7? I have. It's been a I while. Uh, nope. this, this game confirms. So Wesker is working for, I believe they're called NSF. Anyone Military here? Sans Frontiers. It's it, it's something. <laughs> it's it's whatever he's wearing whenever you play him in the battle mode. But and oh, they, they they confirm it. They they say in this game where it's like, oh, Alfred, it's the people that that are actually bombing. Wesker works for them, and then that those people work for the connections in RE Seven. So every they're slowly oh. they're slowly connecting everything. So basically, everything in the RE universe is slowly being connected. Yeah, somehow. they keep calling it the organization. I think that's what Ada calls it. Uh, and he Wesker's like, I sold my soul to a new organization. That's all he ever said. Because, again, it's a whole thing where Capcom wants to dangle threads that are never tied up. It's like, who is the rival organization? And then eventually it gets to five. And this is this is why I love this game so much, because I think this is peak Resident Evil scientists F around and find out before you start getting into becoming the power of a god or whatever like in <laughs> i just love wesker being a person who's manipulating behind the scenes just for money and power not to make stupid giant missiles or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. and and then he becomes like an elevated human and 
that's why people hate the ending of RE5. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. when I think about was like Ken brought up like basically at the end, you're in the base and the I guess the Ashford's wanted to recreate the lobby of the Spencer estate. And you like Ken said it was too much. But for me, I remember seeing that you know, Resident Evil was a young series at this point. And then you see like a two page spread in Game Pro and you see that screenshot and you're like, what is that? Is is that a flashback? Are they going to redo part of one in this game? Like, why is Wesker here? How is Wesker back? Because I, I think I don't have anything to prove this, that Mikami or someone was like, we never intended to have him come back. Like someone just thought of the idea, why don't we bring this guy back? Because in Resident Evil 1, I think, depending on the ending, like you get killed. He gets killed with Chris, but with Jill, he just kind of gets hit if you get the best ending and runs away. So neither would kind of connect him to becoming like an elevated like super being. Also, getting impaled wouldn't make you a super being, in my opinion. But hey, what do I know? But injecting yourself with something before you get impaled. <laughs> That will. Uh, also, did any of you guys watch the Wesker's report? That it was a DVD that I think came out with the PS2 version of this game. I no. did once upon a time, but not recently. I it's on it. YouTube, by the way. Going I found to, it. but then I didn't. You didn't miss much. It's just it, it's pretty much just Wesker telling you what happened in RE one, two, and three, and how he was involved in RE two, and he hired Ada, and then he saved Ada. Again, but, it also doesn't really. I mean, it's, it's all stuff that was in Umbrella Chronicles anyway, if you ever played that game, which needs to be on the show someday, by the way. But, I think he mentioned something about Sherry, about how, like, they have yeah, them in their which, custody or something. Yeah, how he captured Sherry, but I don't think that canon anymore, is it? No, I don't think so. No, it's not. So, I mean, it's fine. It, I mean, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, but it was cool that it existed and it came out with this, with this game. I thought that was just a cool thing to give you more story to be like, this is what Wesker is up to. I appreciate it for what it was. I'll probably watch it afterwards. It's only 20 minutes long. I mean, the video that I sent you is longer, but then unless you speak Japanese, you're not going to get very far with the interview. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's it's only just about 20 minutes. Other half of it is an interview with Shinji Mikami and everything in Japanese. So good luck with that one. I I have the fifth anniversary version of Resident Evil Code Veronica, but it's not the one with the DVD. It comes with the, I have the one with the Devil May Cry demo. Okay. It's probably <laughs> better in my opinion, but hey. <laughs> Oh, it's just, I mean, there. I, I, I love that Wesker's back. I love that now I finally know more of, like, why Wesker is around and how he's involved. Like, it was nice to finally play this game and have those parts locked in in my brain, finally. You you also know why Chris is buffing five now, because he gets his ass absolutely whooped by Wesker in that ending. <laughs> that was <laughs> actually pretty great. I mean, he does. My canon event, or my canon event, is that he... Because he couldn't get open the door, that's when he decided I have to get swole in case I ever come across a door that I can't open again. <laughs> well, sometimes you just can't beat an electric lock, man. Like, don't take it so hard, Jesus. Uh, he is way too buffed in in five. Isn't he it's, buffed again in eight? Without spoilers, but he's like they they use the original model of the original uh, face capture or whatever, and it's fine. I. I like Big Daddy Chris, so I'm completely See, fine with it. This oh, is my favorite Chris, because I he's just a normal, capable person. Yeah, because I, I mean, they go through five and six, and then they get a new model for 
And I bet you they're going to come up with some canon thing to be like, that actually wasn't Chris or something. Like, they're no. going to have to address that. <laughs> no, what, what's funnier is that they, they did address it. They addressed it as, yeah, we fucked up. We tried to make him look like his original RE form, and you all hated it. So just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with the Resident Evil timeline, where it's not like, say, Marvel Comics, where they have a sliding timeline, where suddenly the Punisher is not didn't go to Vietnam. He went to, say, Desert Storm. Like, Chris Redfield is canonic- like canonically, like, 50-something years old. <laughs> like, these people are just going to get older, except for Jill, who I think has some weird viral thing that keeps her young, question mark? Isn't that in the new movie, right? I think that's in 5, where it's At- something about how the... How she got infected by the nemesis and then cured, and that changed her DNA somehow? No, no, it, it's from 5, whenever uh, Wesker makes her into blonde jill and she has that weird parasite on her chest but if you want to be even weirdly weird about it technically every single what is it every single main female Resident evil character has been infected in the re canon in the next cgi movie what the fuck is her name rebecca rebecca gets infected in revelations 2 claire is infected Ada's is infected with whatever the hell she has and then Jill is forever young, but I also feel like they're just saying that because they're stupid and they didn't want to make a new model for the movie. Because I've seen concept art for that movie where Jill has brown like roots, and I'm like, wow, I much rather would have had that. They were just yeah, they probably were just like, we don't want to spend more money. We already have a we already have a model we used on a game that didn't do well. Here you go, have the model back. Yeah, basically. I think it's a little more sexist than that, probably. Mm, probably yeah, too. that's probably no. We got to keep our ladies young and supple, so we're going to make sure they get the, <laughs> yeah. you know, virus that gives them infinite life ever, forever. Because we, we can't make new characters. No, no, no. They won't like that. They made new characters, and they did fine, but, you know, it's Capcom, so it's whatever. <laughs> it's Capcom and a fan base who's rabid for... Like, we want to see... We want a new Resident Evil game. It's like, okay, but now we also want, like new people or old people to return, which I mean, I'm on two sides of the fence as I think just like watching that new CG animated movie this summer. And again, I brought up when we talk about some of the other CG movies <laughs> where essentially there's like, Oh my God, it's a liquor Mondays. Am I right? <laughs> like there's nothing more <laughs> scary when this is routine to these people, which is why was such a breath of fresh air. Cause you had just a guy again, who's just caught up in all this craziness and you have no idea what's going on. And then, you know, I don't want to talk about eight because that has its own bunch of craziness. That's kind of explained and retconned and all that stuff. Yes, it is. I also have, I don't know anything about eight yet. So I don't, yeah, gotta play. I got to play seven and eight. At some point we're going to finish the series on the show. Slowly. We're doing it. Well, catch up or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Slowly. I, I like to think of it the other way, where instead of it being a typical Monday, that everyone that's ever done an RE game is just a bunch of freaks. So you have situations where it's like, hey, look, there goes Leon in like, and like no one really gets a good vision of him. It's like, but there's like three liquors in there. And then he walks out fine and you peek in and they're all just like obliterated. And you're kind of like, how the fuck did he do that? So I, I like to think of that where like you, you get, for instance, in the new RE movie, you see Chris... You see Chris, Jill, Leon, and Claire and Rebecca, who've all survived their own incidents. And it's like, yeah, no shit, they survived. They've been out in the shit numerous times. I just, 
I like to think of everybody accidentally fucking up their way to success. Like, that's my Resident Evil canon, is that nobody's actually good at their jobs. They're just really lucky. (laughs) Okay. Because the villains aren't good at their jobs. They're constantly infecting themselves with something because they don't understand how to be good doctors or good scientists. Hold on. I, I like to retract that because in some kind of weird form, uh, the the main group was part of stars. So they kind of get that whole thing of like, well, at least there is some part of some kind of SWAT team. And the only other person that gets a weird, unmistakable pass, which they keep retconning, is Chris to where he's somehow a Texas Ranger and an Air Force pilot. So I don't I'm know, pretty I sure like, that's in the manual for the first game. Yeah, and then they they keep retconning it to where it's like, well, how how'd he do that? Even though he's like barely fifty, and then they like keep saying, oh, well, he he's not good at taking orders, so he was kicked out like a year in. It's like you don't get kicked out of a year into like Texas Rangers and then go apply to be an Air Force pilot and then also get kicked out a year later. I mean, you could apply, yes. I mean, it's yeah. like dishonorably discharged or something because he disobeyed orders to save someone's life. All that, know. and he can't read. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that meme will forever live. Uh, this I'm one, okay with that, though. This one has the other meme where it shows Steve is suffering. Uh, oh, I mean, Steve suffers all right. Woo. I, so, somebody who had... I wonder if I had not played this game before and didn't know like about the whole Chris stuff. Like that part when you, you finally go to Antarctica when they're like, oh, we're going to get into the snowmobile and we're going to drive off. And you think the game like they escaped and all of a sudden they didn't. And then Veronica has been woken up and just fucking tries to murder them and kidnaps them back to the base to experiment on, essentially. Yeah, this is the return of the king for like Resident Evil games. It ends so many damn times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get in the plane. They're like, oh, we're going to go to safety. All of a sudden the plane's going to Antarctica that apparently doesn't know how to land. So that makes sense. But like, yeah, there's there's a lot of things like that. Oh, one thing we we, we kind of rushed on, but I want to talk about is the with the airplane, like where was a big soft lock. Like one thing the game does is a real fuck you moment. There's a typewriter right in that fucking room right before the boss fight that a lot of you go, oh, I'm going to go save my game. And if you saved over your save and don't have enough ammo, well, guess what? You're fucked. So am I the only one who rotates to save? Yeah, twice? I mean, why that's I common. Back then, I did not. So, <laughs> but also you know, back it was, then, it was just like I have one save and one memory card, <laughs> like, and I have other games. That's actually it. Yeah, that's how I mean. That's probably why my friend, because I know my friend got stuck in it the first time I heard about this game. So I, I get that. I mean, just even like if they had just put in a message that was like, when you go through the store, it is the point of no return. <laughs> like something. Do you yes. want to continue? You know, and then be like, oh, maybe I should go make a save on slot two. Versus, I went through the door, saw the typewriter, went, thank God, I can save. Because you just fight the tyrant fight the first time in that little hallway, and then after that, you get on the plane. We have to like shoot him. So I guess you can just throw the box at him enough time, but I think it's like thirteen times or something. You have to, you have to do it. Something ridiculous like that. If you don't shoot him. How do you know you're supposed to throw the box automatically? Because I didn't know. There's a message when you get in that says catapult ready or something. Yeah. No, I mean, like, do you because I shot like three rounds at him and I'm like, I don't know if he's ready. So I like shot like six flame rounds at him before I hit the box. The Internet told me. Uh I want to say it's just you just try it every once in a while. Like, I think he has a stagger. animation. he he does. He starts limping blood. Yeah, so like he'll he'll stagger and then i think maybe you can like do it once but i think you have to stagger him twice and then do it 
No, you can just stay here on ones. I just shot him with like few shots. I forget whatever the guide said. I went boom. You know, I just did like seven shots. Like boom, 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 boom with the explosive rounds, and then I hit the box, and he went away. Mm, okay. So, oh, is this when sure. you before the plane or on? No, the plane? this is this is on the plane. Oh, on the plane. I just I fire indiscriminately the three gas rounds, and then I shoot two acid rounds, and then I hit the button, and he's dead. Because I know I, maybe I did the BOW rounds. Yeah, I think I did two two BOW rounds in the first fight, and then one in the second fight. I think or something like that. Because the BOW rounds cut their health in half. Doesn't tell you that, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, as I I use all my grenade rounds when you basically come up from the airport and you have to get back to the plane and you first encounter him. Which goddamn, I wish Chelsea was here. As I need that cheeks rating for that tyrant. <laughs> that was sad. She couldn't make it today. It's about an uh, eight or a nine, I would say. Yeah, they spent a lot of time modeling those cheeks, man. I, I would also like to piggyback off things uh, Blair always says, because I always think it's funny, which is, so we have a tyrant, which is the tyrant for this game, and we always talk about how, you know, they make goofy designs that don't make sense. Did they really make a seven-foot-tall man without opposable fingers? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they did. But he gets flaws. Always, because, like, I mean, you encounter Alexia, and you don't know. Of the Veronica virus. And I like that she can initially, I guess she can change back and forth between human form and super form because she does that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But then her ultimate plan is to basically turn into a giant ant creature that's basically can only live in this one room. Like, eh. <laughs> no, she flies off at the end. Yeah. But she takes enough damage and and does this or whatever. But again, like the commercial viability of like, oh, this is better than. Okay, well, first you have to take it and then freeze something for 10 years. It's like, okay, no, I don't want this. That's way too much work. (laughs) That is fair. What a what you know, they're they're, uh, playing this game. You know, I I play a second time and I've been playing a lot of horror because I think whenever I first played this, I wasn't that in a horror game. So I was freaked out. And now I'm not. Well, I will admit that one part that actually really freaked me out is when you leave the room with after you beat uh, Alexia the first time, you get that weird cutscene of her body getting back up. And I'm like, oh, shit, is she going to be back in here when I get back? That's She's fair. not. But now that even double downs me being terrified, because now I'm like, fuck, are they going to make her follow you in the remake? Because I don't think I could handle that again. <laughs> well, if we even get a remake of this game. So that's the whole other thing. I think it'll happen. I don't think it will. Supposedly, it's in production. Uh, a rumor, but I, yeah, rumors don't matter. But I think we are because there is a there is a prototype model for. I, this is off me noticing it for the first time playing this. There's a prototype model for Wesker in the RE4 remake, which they don't use. And it kind of concerns me as to why they didn't use it. But it also makes sense per this game wise, where Wesker's left arm is wrapping bandages and belts like he's been wounded. And that is the arm that catches fire whenever he's fighting Alexia, which makes me think that was going to be connected. But A, they got rid of the model. And then B, that wouldn't make sense because his face gets burned at the end of this game, which means if if they had kept that, would they keep that as well? But who knows? I got nothing. I mean, I just heard there was there was a fan remake of this game being made, but then Capcom shut it down, of course, which might lend itself credence to that. The this is getting remade. I always feel like when a corporation, you know, is like, hey, stop doing that. It's because they're in the process of remaking it like ASMR 2. Huh? 
Unless they're Nintendo. Nintendo just shuts down everything just because. Yeah, I guess. But the most famous one is, you know, the Metroid 2 remake, and then they came out with the uh, the 3DS version. Yeah, I just don't trust them. I feel the Resident Evil 5 is, despite how divisive it is, it's also like a million. It was one of the best selling Resident Evil games for a long time. It was one of the first major ones, I guess, also be multi-platform upon release and it was co-op and it was coming off of Resident Evil 4. So I think that one will be next. I don't know. I I kind of just I wouldn't mind them doing five again because I don't really care about five. So it's like do whatever you want. I just am getting a little bit burnt out on these remakes. Like just give me nine. I understand why they're doing them. I think it worked better for the PS1 games because you're giving yeah. me a completely unique perspective. I've never been able to see like the RPD in this light before. But when 4 came out and then people love that game, I'm just like, it's good, but it's just Resident Evil 4 again. And that's just my opinion and general, my kind of burnt outness over like video game production nowadays. No, that's fair. I mean, I think that's also just you know, we want more, you know, new, we want the story to continue where they're like, oh, we got to rehash everything. So, plus four was a perfect game you didn't need to remake for. Veronica, you need to remake. Yeah, but then four remake kicks ass too. That's so what I heard. I was, I was fine with the remake. After playing I heard it was really it. good. Yeah. I, I also liked it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll again, play it. I, I liked it, but people were like 10 out of 10, completely justifies its existence. And it's just, the overall lack of surprise is what gets me. I don't know. It's a solid eight for me because I also agree. I, I miss a lot of the goofiness. And it, I hate that they're like, well, we can't have goofiness in our games. But like even seven, because I, I don't want to spoil anything from eight. But even in seven, seven had its own goofy moments where like, for instance, you pick up a chainsaw and Jack goes groovy and Ethan goes, this isn't groovy at all. And it's just hella goofy. And I love <laughs> I love that game, too, for what it is, even though it gets bad after the halfway point. Also, Seven has the part where Jack jumps on the car and he yells, I'm going to take you for a ride, which has to be a Marvel versus Capcom 2 reference. Oh, like, yeah. I, I refuse to believe that they they had him say that. <laughs> I don't know why that's a reference. Because like the uh, the character the select screen, screen yeah. for Marvel versus Capcom 2 is, I want to take you for a ride. Oh. Okay, that's why I don't get it. Okay, I'll take it. Um, going. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, going back to this game being scary. When I encountered Nosferatu as a small child, I was convinced that uh, he was just gonna come out of the screen and kill me, like while I slept, because he is terrifying to look at. He is. (laughs) I was fired when he was in Soul Calibur. (laughs) Just because this dude always reminds me of Voldo. Always. Also, that that first mansion you go into, which is uh, Alfred's and Alexia's mansion, there's like a big hanging statue you don't really ever get a good look at, but it's just a fucking weird and terrifying statue. Yeah, that that is weird. Oh, and we, we should talk briefly about the thing with Steve, where after Steve gets captured, she infects him with the Veronica virus, and then you have to, like, you go in a room, but all you have to do is run from him, but he's faster than you, so he automatically hits you. Thank you for telling me to bring two health items, you guys, because if I had not known that, I actually would have gotten pissed off. The guy told me to do it. That's why I did it. I was like, okay, th- yeah, because you can't. Like, I feel like there's a way, like, zigzag, but. You run around him in a circle in the beginning part, 
But is it time too? Like, do you have a time limit to get out of that hallway? Besides the death? Do a 180 turn and run in a straight line back out the door. <laughs> That's what I did. But I mean, like, I was watching a speedrun of it and, and they're not picking up any healing. And I think he ran around him in, when he's first in the chair part. And then he, like, he did some other stuff, like, to avoid him. But I don't remember. I only watched it once. But yeah. Also, when I replayed this in January, that video where, uh, Alfred and Alexia rip off the wings of a butterfly. I just kept thinking of that hymn song. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one because I played through that entire CD like the entire time. After that video, I just listened to nothing but him while I was playing. It. <laughs> See, you say that, but I also had the moment where uh, Alfred's shooting at Claire and he goes, despite everything, you're just a rat trapped in a cage. And I was like, <laughs> That's why I posted that in the chat where it's like, despite all my rage, I am just a Claire trapped in a cage. But is that supposed to mean anything? Because they keep ripping the wings off of a fucking dragonfly. And I just, just don't. Psycho. It's just psychos. Okay. Yeah, I think yes. that's just basically that their general disregard for living things at a young age, which is what I always found most terrifying about the Resident Evil games. Discovering them when I did was basically like the underlying message of corporate malfeasance and just we don't give a crap about anyone they're just test subjects and we'll do whatever the hell we want and we can get away with it because we're rich <laughs> yeah that's fair i mean yeah i i didn't like i don't i like dragonflies a lot so the idea of picking off their wings and just feeding them ants like fuck you but yeah they also like ants in this because you do have the giant ant mound for no reason in one room that hurts you so yeah that's just this game well the ants the queen genes, the ants. Oh yeah, yeah. Is what Veronica virus made the T Veronica. What made it T Veronica as opposed to okay, just T virus. So like, I forgot that part. The ants are so important in a way that doesn't really make any sense or matter. Fair, <laughs> very fair. Like I don't know, man. This game, like, it's a game. It exists, but does it matter? No. And that's that's what bothered me the entire time. Like, I, there's one puzzle in here that really would have got me where you, you have like the, the tiger from the first Resident Evil game, but you have to make sure you put the eye in, make sure you have both eyes in at one point, turn off the power, then you can get both eyes out. Otherwise, if like I was I was watching something and they were talking about where the guy had forgotten it once to put the first eye, he took the first eye out, put it where it's supposed to go. And then when you turn off the power, it didn't move. And he forgot. He's like, oh, yeah. So like dumb shit like that where you could just screw yourself and have to redo have to move around again. Backtrack. I don't like puzzles like that. Also, the way that this game finishes when you fight Veronica in her final form, you have to use the line launcher instead of the rocket launcher, which I'd rather just have a rocket launcher because that thing was fucking annoying. <laughs> well, it's, you just have to shoot where she's going to be. And that's the hard part. Like well, you're not you, aiming at her. It's, you have to shoot. Yeah. So she's going to go into it because she moves every time you shoot it. She moved. Yeah. Which is normally you just. In most Resident Evil games, you just pick up the rocket launcher, point, click, boom, done. Like, I don't, I just got done doing a boss fight. I don't want to do, you know, yeah, do more. <laughs> so something that, so to get into the last area, you basically have to get three gems from the Ashfords. So Edward, who is Nosferatu, suddenly, or somehow gets frozen, and he had a cranky and pulls them up, and then his earring falls off. I see it is earring. And then Alexia, when she turns into her, her super form, basically there's she lights on fire and then her brooch falls off. But now Alfred, <laughs> who falls to his death just at the moment that his sister awakes, which is really tragic and to be handled well in a remake. 
because something that he's been dying for his entire life uh, for these past 10 years, rather. And then happens and then he just immediately dies. Uh, and then she, I guess she freezes him. Maybe she'll bring him back. I don't know what the context is there. But you solve a puzzle and his body falls out. So Chris Redfield's instinct is, I'm going to take this guy's ring. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to loot a corpse. <laughs> he's I, he's been through the rigmarole enough. He's like, I yeah. need to solve a puzzle. <laughs> Taking this ring. <laughs> I got some money for this. <laughs> I, uh, I also think that it's, as much as we talk about how really cold hearted like Umbrella is and how fucked up a lot of these people are, we at least have a decent moment where Alexia is like genuinely upset that her brother's dead because she yeah she basically she, she attacks Claire from getting away and then also uh she pretty much attacks anyone else that shows up there because she's pissed that her brother's dead. Like it's kind of hard to feel bad for her though because like the entire game up to this point the whole plot is fuck the poor. <laughs> so like okay she's upset that her brother's dead fine but like fuck you still <laughs> oh and then this this game kind of offhandedly confirms that even though you're bit you don't transform until you die because in the beginning you meet rodrigo and he's pissed off because he doesn't have hemoglobin and it's supposed to keep you from bleeding out so that that that's kind of what a weird like headcan i've had for but like maybe a long he wasn't time. bitten maybe he was shot or something yeah it could have just been like a piece of debris or something well it, it's always my idea that, that that's what it is is that the the virus makes you bleed out until you die and you turn from that because that kind of also what the, that's kind of what the herbs do too is the herbs keep you from bleeding out as well so that, that's just something i've always thought of throughout the series okay. yeah I do like that you can skip bosses. Like, you don't have to fight the giant spider. You don't have to fight the weird eel thing. You can just grab the key item and run the fuck out of the room. Like, I like that a lot. See, that that's something I was going to bring up. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it because <laughs> can you imagine, like, okay, so you're a game developer and you're like, okay, we need to think of a boss here. And you create this creature and then you design it and then you rig it and give it animations. And then it's like, oh, here's a giant spider. And you just run and grab an earring and run away. And the spider's like, do you want to fight me? It's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and they kind of hype up like the the amphibious creature because you're in that room and you read files. It's like, OK, they're going to get bigger in their electricity. And you go in the water, basically eat a hit, grab the eagle plate, because apparently the island is littered with these blue eagle plates. <laughs> Like, I guess I got them like, uh, OK, we got five of these. What we do with them? I'm like, I don't know. Doors. OK, cool. Let's just put them in doors. <laughs> Sam's Club had a special, man. You can't. You can't <laughs> <call> it. <laughs> it's like, I only need one. It's like, well, I'm sorry. They come in packs of three. It's like, oh, fine. Just give me three blue eagle plates then. It's just there for some reason. But that's fine. That's Resident Evil for you. But I like that in the fight boss. You can actually get through that fight without having to take any damage, too. Uh, oh, you definitely can. I just. You know, I just run in and like I find the thing, Leroy Jenkins to the thing, get the hell out. It's just funny that you can just like they don't like you don't have to fight these guys just here. I don't know. I found it very amusing. I mean, and also like when you do find Claire as Chris, because Chris goes to the island, you go the whole island, then he flies a jet to Antarctica to find Claire. Claire is like tied up in a fucking like weird like sticky thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bug cocoon. <laughs> yeah, or I'm, a spider web. Like, yeah, I mean, and then she's not even really around very much. Like you have, you do her part with her, you do Steve, and then she gets locked in a room and she's just crying because Steve died. And then you just you don't play as her again till you don't even play as her again at all, do you? No. Yeah, I mean that's just it. Like then you're just you have your your small scene with her, and then you're you're Chris, and then you're then you're done with the game. And to think about like the ending to the Dreamcast version without all the Wesker bits is just Chris going down the elevator, running, jumping on the plane, then flying out, saying we have to. 
get rid of Umbrella. Like that is it for the so ending that- on the Dreamcast version. Like I can't. I'm glad I played X first because if I would have got to that ending, I would have been so mad. So there's there's that. there's no fight between Chris and Wesker in the regular version. No, no. basically weird. you kill Veronica and then it's him running down the elevator and he runs and jumps on it. And he's like, you know, I always keep my promises and then gets in the plane. And it's like, we got to go take our umbrella now once and for all and credits. See, you guys say something about like, you can really tell like uh, Steve is, is Canadian, but legitimately Chris goes, sorry, Claire, we've got other things to do. I can't tell what he's going to I just like to make the joke since we have a, a Canadian on the show all the time now. Yeah, well, that's like that's how you know Steve's Canadian too, because he's constantly sorry. He's constantly sorry. Constantly <laughs> sorry. And as much as I'm a Steve defender, the fact that there's a giant section of the game that's basically him getting distracted by an ass. Yeah. Is. Because <laughs> he crashes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fucking... I like a good ass as much as the next guy, but, you know, keep your eyes on the road there, pal. Yeah, I mean, you're only moving a giant machine that's going to save your life so you can escape this place. I mean, uh, he's never seen an ass before like that. So, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he was in love with her, Ken. Well, now that terrible song is stuck in my head. What song? Eminem's ass like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. Any anything else you guys want to say before we go into questions, comments, memories? I have a fuck ton. I, I have the Resident Evil State. 1 manual, and Chris Redfield was 25 in 1996. I call bullshit. After being kicked out of the Air Force, Chris became a drifter until he met Barry Burton and recruited him for stars. Okay. What? I just... Fuck. <sighs> None of this is real. It's all bullshit. It's fine. <laughs> None of this is real. <sighs> Were you going to say something, Ken, before? I just wanted to say Steve's a menace again, but that's um, uh, memories. It, something needs to clean my palate. <laughs> all right. Let's go on to questions, comments, memories. And I got way too many, but I can't read them all, but I'll read what I can. Uh, let's see. Well, because I posted like seven groups and I got way more response than I expected. From the I watched the entire Oblood Super Replay uh, from Aaron Cooten. Never had any issue with it. Bad character item transfer issues aside. Just reload a previous save. Lose 10 minutes progress most each time. Not ideal, but hardly game ending. The Magnum is indeed missable, but isn't needed. Some parts haven't aged well, but great game overall. Because I mentioned about the air, the plane thing. So that's why that, that was a comment. Uh, from Matt Pickleton. Cold Veronica is definitely the most difficult mainline RE. There's at least two or three spots you can get stuck without enough resources to finish, so saving is extra important in this one. From Stephen McNeely, I got the city on my PlayStation. I never played it when it first came out, and I need to get around to it. You should. From Justin McElwee, I got stuck in the plane, too. It was years before I finally restarted and beat the game. Right. From Wesley Nicewanner, Cold Veronica was definitely a pain in the ass at times. The plane was one of those moments where if you were ready, you'd be in for a challenge, but okay. If you're not ready, you'd be in for a headache. My first playthrough, I didn't listen to my parents and conserve leading up to the plane flight. <laughs> I ended up getting stuck and had to restart. All right. Uh, okay, and I'm going to go in from the Resident Evil group. Let's see what I got from Alec Martin. The game is great. I think they made the areas too small, though. Like, it's actually the hardest one to juke zombies with how narrow the halls and rooms are. You are practically forced to spend ammo or health. Any other RE, I don't feel that. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. With that. I, there's one hallway with like fucking eight zombies in it when you're playing as Chris. Fucking eight. <laughs> Which one is that? It's uh, I don't remember exactly, but I know it's it's an ice hallway and there's four and well I guess that doesn't really narrow down, but there's four on one side and when you go around the corner there's another four. Oh yeah, I guess by that point I have like sixty shotgun shells I don't need. 
And that man, you do not get the shotgun this game till very, very late. Yes. And you can't even grab it right away because if you grab it, you'll fuck yourself over the stairs. You gotta yeah. leave it for a bit. So I and from Scott Woodford, I remember playing it on Dreamcast right when it came out. It was so awesome. Yes, it's hard, but that's the fun of it. Sure. For some people, yes. Okay, from Marcos Daniel, the hardest Resident Evil game ever is Outbreak File 2. That game was way too much. Which, because I mentioned that, I consider this game one. I do still consider this game one of the hardest Resident Evil games that I played. Easy. And I played everything so far but zero on the show for the classic stuff. I'll go ahead and give you that. So, from Martin Pimento, the best Resident Evil. I mean, I know zero is supposed to be hard too, right? It's inconvenient. Yeah. Okay. It's unfortunately, I think, the only one really left at this point for us. Besides. <laughs> Revelations 2. Revelations 2 and then 5 and going down that road, yes. Uh, Revelations 2 is bad. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. The story was, is so bad. I love one. Fired. I really wanted to play it on the show, and I was going to, but Code Veronica made more sense, and Blair was right. Plus, Blair, I wanted to have Blair on. He's busy with Spider-Man 2 and other games, because everything came out at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Batman got delayed, but I'm in the middle of Hellboy and Spider-Man and moving and being incredibly sick it's been a time that's it yeah i legit forgot hellboy came out because alan white comes out this week too and metal gear and metal, metal gear. gear and from the resident evil experts group from trey moore definitely underrated in the franchise i remember first time playing it it felt like it took me a year to beat it super fun game long and challenging uh, from Det Nohek, I beat the game on ps2 but originally got stuck in the plane on sega dreamcast when i was a wee lad from Gaming with cameraman Spiff. That's okay. Definitely the toughest out of the franchise. That plane battle and final battle with Chris was insane. From Tom Scala, this game just didn't do it for me. Never finished it when it came out. Finished it recently in adulthood during the pandemic. My biggest complaint was level design toward the end. I felt there was so much backtracking toward the end of the game. Level design at the beginning was great. Atmospheric toward the end. Everything looked the same and redundant. I think this game could benefit most from a remake because it definitely had potential. Yeah. Agreed. From Darren Eugene, game was pretty poorly done. Almost everything about it suffered by comparison to the Capcom previous work. The best thing about the game is the camera work. The setting, a take, the setting and taking a Steve and the stretch Armstrong BOWs were really, really bad. You can see okay. how poorly Capcom felt about the game post-launch and the fact that none of the game event or consequences there are of ever referenced again in later titles. The lore of this game never went anywhere or really had any significant impact on the canon or the story. I <laughs> disagree with that. Because Veronica virus is in Dark Side Chronicles. Yeah, but what is that even? <laughs> to be fair, do any of these games really like do yeah. that? <laughs> like that's like being like Nemesis never showed up again after Resident Evil Three. What's up with that? Well, I mean, Wesker's in this, and Wesker play. I mean, stuff that goes on in here with Wesker also would affect more into what goes into Five. Yes. So, like this. I mean, I guess Claire doesn't show up again for a long time and stuff like that, but then eh. I guess this is like the return of Wesker and then he's in him and Birkin make a cameo in zero and then he's in four in the Ada stuff. And then they did the whole Umbrella Chronicles game, which is more him until he's the big bad in five. So, yeah, this one isn't important. You just you just skip this one. I mean, I did for years. But I'm happy I finally played it, partly. And from Eileen Burnett, or Oli, I don't know how to pronounce it. Frustrating that the PAL version didn't allow certain time rewards as it ran slower than other versions, but all in all, it was a fun entry. Ooh. From Jack Wade, I replayed and enjoyed this one so much that I ended up having way too much ammo towards the end, and yes, I kill every single enemy. I, okay. 
<laughs> uh, from Michael Hensley. If you want the hardest challenge ever, try beating the battle mode with only a knife. Yeah, no, thank you. Wait, there's a battle mode in this, too, which you play as some characters and you kill zombies. I never that, learned ammo. That battle mode with the knife is the last trophy I need for the platinum. <laughs> you play it in first person. It's very awkward. It is so <laughs> difficult. Like, yeah. I've I've tried off and on since January, and I'm just like, I guess I'm never gonna get this platinum. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, those look because you have to. Well, you offer the Wesker one replay. It's just well, he only has a knife for some reason. Yeah, and then to get because like you need a Magnum to kill Alexia at the end of his battle mode, which is a fifty fifty chance in the slot machine when you open it up. That's it's, just stupid. Yeah, it's just like cool. So even if I get good enough to make it to that room, uh. You know, if I got something other than a Magnum, I'd be like, wow, worst day ever. That's dumb. Okay. And let's see from Brandon Souls. I beat this game at 12 with no memory card on PS2. It was hell, but I got through it. It's one of the RE games I have mostly memorized to this day. Well, that makes sense. At that point. Yeah. From Bill's Garing. Played this one on a Dreamcast back then. Ah, the memories. From Mike Coombs. Remake this already. I agree. <laughs> Okay, from Michael Davenport. I don't remember it being hard to beat. No hard in any other RE games. Uh, from Tommy Ridger. Difficult, but so rewarding. I would absolutely call it a masterpiece. Not if I go that high, but okay, I'm glad people enjoy it. And from the last group I'm going to read from, Resident Evil Veterans. From Tony Avella. I played it when it was released on the GameCube, and man, I had to restart my run multiple times because I run out of ammo or health items quite often. I know the feeling. From Anthony Sella. My first RE game and what got me hooked onto the series. Couldn't beat the final boss for the longest time. From Natasha Gilbert. Oh, it's the hardest for sure. Zero is so much fun, though. Not super hard, because I also mentioned I haven't played Zero yet. Uh, from Jeffrey Adams, Resident Evil Code Veronica X is the most difficult game in the series, in my opinion. Mine, too. Uh, young Anith, those damn hunters when they come out. From Kenneth Graham, overwhelming supplies of ammo and health in Code Veronica X. Zero hard mode, not so much. And from Carlito Martinez, I still have to play this one. I have it on three systems. My only question is, do I play the HD port for the Xbox Series X, the PS2 version, or the or the Dreamcast? Play the X version if you got it. Why not? Yeah, it's the same game with more stuff. <laughs> yeah, and just prettier probably, too. Uh, from Kyle Marujo, this is my favorite RE in the series. I was so excited to buy this game in the Dreamcast back in the day. From Daryl Budin, I'm fairly certain I beat the last boss with my last bullet in my rifle. Talk about stressful. <laughs> And from Jeremy Philpot, always use the infinite green herb glitch, which I was going to, but I realized I screwed up, so I couldn't. I think I'm just going to read a couple more. From Patrick N. Zero is a cakewalk compared to Code Veronica, in my opinion. I'm curious to see how I'm going to feel about that when I finally get to it. When we finally play Zero for the show. I've heard bad things about Zero. I think that's the only classic one I haven't beaten. Same now for me, and too. I got, I got midway through it on the HD version, and then I just stopped playing Spoilers, there's no item box. Yeah. It, Ooh, that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that does not make the game sound fun. Yeah, so basically, when you pick up items, you have to drop them off in a certain spot and then hope that they are. You remember where they're there and the camera isn't fucking wonky, so you can't pick it up. And then certain characters can only hold certain items. And one item is a hook shot and takes up two items spots. And you basically need to drag it through the entire game. Oh, that's you lovely. guys are not selling me on this game, by the way. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> okay. And from Kevin Norman. Father! God, I got a lot of comments. Thank you, people. People have a lot to say about this game, and mostly it's positive stuff. Okay. From Tom Barrett. Went for the infinite rocket launcher. Got knocked out of the plane by Tyrant under five hours with no saves. Is rubbish. I agree yep. with that. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Okay, from Daniel Cook, definitely the best RE ever made to this day. <laughs> I'm going to read two more. From Emil Noev, Steve is one of the most annoying characters in the franchise, along with Salazar. Outbreak remake is much more deserved. Whoa. And last comment from Michelle Grainer, Moths. Enough said. I forgot about those fucking moths. Yeah, those oh, moths fucking I had suck. Bad RNG on those moths when I played it on Series X. Because they like plant little moths on the back of you too that will hatch eventually. And they, and, I just kept getting poisoned by the mist. And they may or may not, uh, yeah, they may or may not poison you at some points too. I kept having a save state because if she got, if a moth got planted on her back, I would just reload the save state and run, try to run to the room again. It took a while sometimes. I did not like it. Oh. All right. And before we go to Shelf Stacker Box, I should give away another code because I have code to give away. Let's see here. This is for, no, I want to give away a good code for this if you're listening to this episode. Something that people actually would want. Here we go. Alan's Wake Collector's Edition. In honor of Alan Wake 2 coming out, here's the Steam code for Alan Wake. The code is 0V2KH866E8E7W. VL. And that is the code for Alan Wake Collector's Edition on Steam. Okay. All right. Now let's go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Nate, what about you? This is in the stack. It is a good Resident Evil game. But, you know, when I went back to go play like Resident Evil 2, even, uh, that became my favorite. And then with the remakes now, uh, there's just been so many better Resident Evils. And that's her. And Ken. I'll put this in the box. I'm glad I played it, but I never want to play it again. (laughs) <laughs> I, did, I I said it at the beginning of the episode, and I mean it. There's entirely too much shit in this game. Yes, and not not here for it. Box it. Okay, and I'll go next with that with that sentiment. I'm also gonna put this in the box because I'm so glad I finally played this game, and I'm so glad I beat it. But I'm never going to touch this game again in my life. It was too hard, too annoying for me, too much. But it's done. Never again. Go in the box. A uh, Blair. Oh, this is shelf. I, I love this game. And I think, again, a lot of that goes back to the time I found it. It's probably when I was in peak Resident Evil fandom, as much as I hate using that word. <laughs> and I just love replaying this. It's one of my favorite ones to go through. Even for this show, I finished it on Series X, and then I said, screw it, I'm going to go through the Dreamcast version, even though it's the same one, only with less stuff. I just really wanted to play this again, more so than another game that I had trouble getting through once, which you'll hear about on this show in a few weeks. I <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Oh, my next few weeks are really jam packed. <laughs> well, not next few. The next month, like the December is in. I was not smart on myself. And Joe, what about you? Uh, I'm also going to agree with Blair. I would like to put this on the shelf. I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, I am opposite of Ken, where I think that I love the fact that there is way too much shit in this tons of weapons to the different ways to play this i i it's one of the things where like seeing me have so much ammo afterwards i wouldn't mind replaying this and being maybe a little more looser with what i've got especially with the way i ended the game and how surprisingly easy it was to get that magnum yeah i wouldn't mind playing this again eventually but not right now so yeah totally shelf shelf worthy okay all right i'm glad you guys i'm glad some of us enjoyed it it's a nice it was a nice even keel you all kind of had different opinions on it that's cool and next week, you can hear me talk about another horror game, but that's not really a horror game, but it is at the same time. Enter the Matrix. Come <laughs> on next week. So I'm so excited. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just glad it's done. I have to play it again. <laughs> so you can listen to us talk about that next week. And Nate, where can people find you at? Hey, I'm Nate. Uh, I do stand-up comedy sometimes, and I now have a TikTok. Uh, it is 
Let me pull it up because I'm so prepared here. Uh, Nate oh. does comedy 79. So give me a follow. I only have one clip up right now, but that's just because I'm incredibly lazy. <laughs> <laughs> there will also be a link in the show notes to his TikTok. Long he sends it to me. So that will be in there. And Blair, we'll find you at. Uh, you can find me on various social media platforms uh, at Blarcade. You can read my work when I'm well enough to do it at comicbookvideogames.com. Right now, I guess it's season of reviews for me. So whenever I get around to finishing them, expect reviews for Hellboy, Web of Words. Spider-Man 2, but don't expect them to be timely to the ongoing conversation because I'm pretty sluggish right now. And you're busy. And everything came out at once. Like, they couldn't just... Oh, and also, a funny thing, I have to mention it today. Today, my memories came up when Blair was almost viral on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, the day when he made the, the comment about Gotham Knights, and he's like, well, we need to get rid of this tweet. Wait, so... what was your comment about Gotham Knights? So, essentially, when Gotham Knights came out, I... <laughs> Basically, my opinion of it at the time was that it had murdered one of my family members and I absolutely hated it. But the thing that kind of I wrote was that imagine a Spider-Man game where you can only do the web zipping and then you have to unlock web swinging after doing tedious missions. And you have to do that through three other characters representing the fact that you don't have your traversal skills, which you don't even need and then that started getting going around like crazy, and I just didn't want that to be my legacy, so I deleted it. <laughs> I, I was I sounded because I don't go on Twitter that much, but somebody posted it, and I watched the entire Overload Super Replay group. I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> I was I was like, yep. So and it came up my Facebook memories. I was like, oh, that's funny. But yeah, that that's what it was. All right, and if you enjoyed this episode, there were 500 other episodes of this podcast. You can find everything we do on Podbean. We do movies, comics, TV shows. It doesn't show the whole catalog on Spotify and iTunes. So you got to go to Podme if you want some of the old stuff. And you can search anything you want. You type in Resident Evil, you will find all the Resident Evil episodes that we've done. Star Wars. Also, all the Resident Evil episodes will be in the show the show notes of this episode. If you just want to look at those and go find them that way, you can do that too. Now, if you want to support the show, we do a Patreon little dog. You can vote in our Patreon poll. You will see it there. We Every month we do a different poll to, to put different episodes on the show that might not happen otherwise. So you get to vote and control the show to a degree. And we have a Discord. Please join our Discord and chat with us. We need more people to join. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at, Hel- at Helena Hathfear. You can follow her on TikTok. You'll see a link, a li- the link to her link tree down below in the show notes. Also, going to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. Did the MCU movies with me. He's on the show often. Uh, definitely go check him out. Start his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. And want to give a shout out to Nomads of Fantasy, another podcast. If you need another one, add to your list. List. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, and YouTube audio only. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. So long. Bye. What is Alexia?